The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Well, all of the outrage this week has mainly been focused on one thing. The evil Trump administration and its minions who delight in taking children from their illegal immigrant parents and throwing them all into dungeons. Separate dungeons, mind you. Separate dungeons. Now, that makes for a really nice and easy storyline and one that the press can sink their teeth into because they think, ah, this time we've got him. The whole world is upset. But the reality is a little less convenient. Most Americans seem to agree that separating children from their parents, even if their parents entered the U.S. illegally, is a bad thing. I happen to agree with that. However... What if that mom and dad are trying to keep the kids uh, and they're not really their kids? Now, I know this is hard to believe, but in today's world, fraud actually happens. While there are plenty of heartbreaking stories of parents simply seeking a chance for a better life for their children here in the U.S., there are also corrupt, abusive human traffickers who profit from the illegal immigration trade. And so we have to sort all of these things out because we're forced to now because we will not enforce our border laws. So we have all these people coming across and we have to now become judge and jury on everything. This week, the Department of Homeland Security said that since October 2017, uh, over uh, over 300 children have arrived at the border with adults claiming to be their parents. They turned out not to even be related at all. Ninety of these fraud cases came from the Rio Grande Valley um, alone. 2017 DHS reported 46 causes of fraudulent family claims. There have already been 191 fraudulent cases this year alone. When the Homeland Security Secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, pointed out that this is a 315% increase, the New York Times was quick to give these family fraud cases context by noting that they make up less than 1% of the total number of illegal immigrant families apprehended at the southern border. Oh, oh, well, if it's less than 1%, oh, we shouldn't care about them. And that makes total sense from the New York Times. Remember, if you're in the upper 1%, they don't care about you. If you happen to be a child who is being taken by someone that claims to be your parents, but aren't your parents, not even a relative, but it's only 1%, I guess it only makes sense. Thank you, New York Times, for being consistent. We don't care about anything that involves 1%. Now, for the rest of us, we do care. And I hate to throw this in their face, but if it means we save one child from slavery and and child trafficking, maybe we should do something about it. Is anyone on the left concerned about human trafficking? See, the whole the, the really the most infuriating part of this whole conversation this week, if you can even call it a conversation, which I don't think you can is that both sides have an angle they can defend. And while everybody's busy busy yelling and making their case, children are being used and abused. What if we just tried, just tried for two seconds, to love mercy more than we love being right? Do you think that might change things just a bit? 
It's Thursday, June 21st. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Last night I did a, uh, last night I did a chalkboard um, laying all of this out. Uh, and, and I think it's really important because nobody is giving you context on anything. And if we're going to have a reasonable conversation, uh, then we need to have context. We need to know what the truth is. And right now, I mean, right now we have Governor Cuomo that is uh, suing Donald Trump and the administration. Where were you before? Where were you before? Everybody is at each other's throats. And I don't want a part of it. And yesterday I was so angry and I just don't. I, it's not going to help us. I know history too well. This is going to destroy us. So, yesterday afternoon on our TV show, I tried just to show the facts and lay out the facts. If there are any thinking, reasoning people available anymore, and I'm not sure there are, but if there are anybody who's looking for wisdom and truth, let's start here. The media will have you believe that all of these problems began when Donald Trump was elected. Everybody else wants you to believe that these problems really started with Barack Obama. Neither of those are true. They want to say that this started uh, 2018 with the zero uh, tolerance policy for illegal entry. Well, that made it worse, I guess. Or did it? Make it better. I'm not sure. Are we enforcing the law or not enforcing the law? Does the law mean anything anymore? Now, according to Newsweek, President Obama kept more than double the number of children in detention centers than the Trump White House. That's according to Newsweek. But you're not going to hear that from anyone. How did this all start? Well, the outrage is totally fake, and we know this because political activists began sharing a photo of the children that were detained in these cages, and that culminated on Father's Day weekend when the outrage went into a frenzy. Now, these pictures, as you know, were not real, but they saw how quickly they became viral. And so the left decided, here's a hot button we have to exploit. Now, those pictures that originally went viral what happened those pictures that went viral were from 2014 this was happening in 2014 but it's not about barack obama just like this isn't about donald trump this is about a border problem and specifically about families on the border this has been a problem spanning decades and has involved the last four presidents. Don't take my word for it. I want you to do your own homework, and I want you to look some things up. President Obama, when he was dealing with it, he said that Congress has to act, pass a bill. So he pushed it off on Congress. Now that the president is unpopular with the press, they are making sure to let everybody know that only the president can fix this. That's untrue. Barack Obama was right. It belongs to Congress. Now, here's what nobody is explaining. 
This stems from a federal court case settled in 1997. It was a nine-year-long lawsuit against the government, and it's called Flores versus Reno. I want you to look it up. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody's word for anything anymore. Look it up, and please go to the original sources. Don't go to, don't even, I'll just trash me. Don't go to the blaze. Don't go and read it from a second source. Go to the original source. It's Flores versus Reno, as in Attorney General Janet Reno. She was under President Bill Clinton, and the settlement stated that unaccompanied minors that enter the U.S. illegally must be released without unnecessary delay to either a responsible party, which was an extended family member, or a facility. So, in other words, in this case, in 1997, the Supreme Court mandated that it was unlawful to hold an illegal immigrant child in federal detainment facilities. Now, this is really important. Why? Because if you come with your family, you, by law, with this lawsuit that was settled by the Supreme Court, uh, uh, Flores versus Reno, 1997, you cannot hold the children. They have to be released to a family member or a facility. Okay. So what happened? Well, when that happened and we started splitting families away under Clinton, George Bush tried to fix this because what happened? We started seeing a rise in human trafficking with children. People would come and say, yep, uh, I'm a relative, and they weren't. And you started to see a number of children that were being human trafficked. You saw people come over the border saying that they were their parents. They would be released and the children would go into trafficking. So President Bush signed what's called the Wilberforce Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act. What did that do? That codified Flores versus Reno. Now, everything was going along fine. We were still separating children and families from the Clinton administration during the Bush administration and during the Obama administration. But then there was this sudden unexplained rush to the border in 2014. Well, what happened? All of these unaccompanied minors started rushing into the country. We had to detain them. President Obama put them in cages. I was there. It was awful. They were not only just detaining these kids and putting them in cages. The reason why we brought food and everything else down to them is because the country wasn't prepared. They, had, they, they didn't even know where to keep these kids. They were wrapped in foil blankets for a while. Yes, and that's why we said we need clothing, we need pajamas, we need blankets, we need food, we need toys, because these kids were coming with absolutely nothing. And they were being thrown on a cement floor, sleeping under tin foil blankets. I thought that was wrong. You did too. Millions in this audience 
knew then it was wrong. That's why you raised $3 million. And that is nobody, nobody on the conservative side did that. No one stood up like this audience did. You knew it was wrong then. But what happened? The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, this is the crazy uh, court in California. The most overturned court in all of American history. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. What did they do? Well, they decided because we had 68,000 unaccompanied minors flooding the southern border and the Obama administration didn't know what to do. They relaxed family detentions. So what? If you came across and said you're a family, you were supposed to just be released. Well, the problem with that was once you were released, nobody was coming back for their trial. We were just adding more and more people. We didn't have any idea who these people were. We also had no idea if these children were being trafficked. All you had to do was have some kids and say they're mine and we had to let you go. That didn't work either. As Flores versus Reno, minors couldn't be detained. And if you think that this isn't U.S. policy, I want you to read this. Quote, this agreement sets out a nationwide policy for the detention, release, and treatment of minors in the custody of INS and shall supersede all previous INS policies that are inconsistent with the terms of this agreement. This agreement shall become effective upon final court approval. That's it. This is a nationwide policy of what the country can and cannot do. This policy and the extraordinary surge of children flooding the border back in 2014 eventually led to the images that are now being used as images from today. They weren't. They were from 2014. And as I said, Newsweek, Newsweek reports that Barack Obama had more than double the number of children in detention centers than currently being held by the Trump administration. That's Newsweek. That's not me. Look it up for yourself. So all of this anger, all of this vitriol is really coming from what? It's coming from a system constantly putting a Band-Aid on a major wound. Our wound is we have a lawless border. Nobody knows what to do because there are no laws. If you come here, you need to be detained and go through a court and let the court decide, are you really truly a refugee that needs the protection of the United States? Or are you coming over for a nefarious reason? Are you coming over because you just want a better life? If you're a refugee, we need to take you in. If you want a better life, you need to go through the front door. If you are a bad guy, you're going back or you're arrested. But the court system is overwhelmed. Why? 
because people want it to be overwhelmed. This is causing a crisis and then offering the solutions to that crisis, which only make it worse. We must have a law, enforce the law, and live as humanely as we can under that law. Welcome to the uh, program. Glad you're here. And thank you so much to Liberty Safe, who is uh, providing the, um, the finance for this portion of the uh, program. Right now, Liberty Safe has a great price, and um, they're offering 12 months interest-free payments with zero down and zero APR. And they offer Liberty Safes now for as low as $20 a month. Now, on sale until June 25th, Liberty's 1776 model with Liberty's new patent-pending military-style locking bars. Oh, I haven't seen this. i got to go to the website. They're in five, star, uh, five sizes, and they're available now starting at 1099 bucks. Also on sale until June 30th, Liberty's newest and most advanced handgun vault. I haven't seen any of these yet. HDX 350 for $299, plus you can get HD50 key vault with purchase. You need to act now and protect what you value most. Your valuables are always protected with a Liberty safe. You see how things are going. They're going to get worse before they get better. You need to protect yourself, protect your handguns, protect the things that you value with a Liberty Safe. Go there now, libertysafe.com. The home of the best built safes on the planet, libertysafe.com. Welcome back to the uh, program. Uh, I have spent the last uh, uh, few months kind of um, really trying to sort out where we're headed um as a people and i've i've kind of done it i've i've worked harder on this book that is coming out uh in september i think harder than any other book i've ever written um and it's called um addicted to outrage and it it takes us through how we are being manipulated i don't know if you saw this but uh they announced yesterday that the russian trolls and bots are exploiting the family separation thing. They're pushing stuff out again on Twitter on both sides um, and just trying to stir us up and get us toward anger. And we are addicted to this right now. Um, but uh, as this comes out, I think it's coming out in September. As this comes out this fall, we're going to be launching a, a few new initiatives and we're really excited for you to come along uh, one of the things that we've just launched is Hands on History. And Hands on History is available on our YouTube uh, channel, uh, the Blaze YouTube channel. Also, it is um, available um, uh, if you're a subscriber uh, to the Blaze, but you can find it at youtube.com slash the Blaze, Hands on History. And they run about five minutes. Um, and it is the truth about history um, using the artifacts that we have. Um, and they build a story. Today is is really about um, uh, dreaming big, inspiration. And I'm going to be doing, it's available now at the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the blaze. But after the show, I'm going to be doing a special uh, Facebook Live and take a look behind the scenes at our latest hands-on history episode, Dream Big. It'll be after this broadcast on the blaze Facebook page. Don't miss it. 
The uh, Washington Times uh, just covered uh, something that happened last night on the news and why it matters. If if you don't watch that show every night, you're missing a really good roundtable uh, of discussion of the news and why we think it matters. Um, there's about five of us that uh, get together every night and we talk about things for about a half an hour. Then we go online, and if you're a Blaze subscriber, especially last night's uh, online episode, uh, about another 15 minutes of the uh, show without uh, commercial interruption, and it's uh, last night was really it was quite intense and pretty funny. Um, but anyway, um, we cover the the news and try to give you some context. And last night I talked about how you know any of any intellectual uh, honesty. Is, is just dead. It's just dead. Can we play the audio of, uh, what was her name? Kirsten Nielsen, who, uh, you know, is from uh, Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> the woman who went out and ate Mexican food? <laughs> she went, she's in the middle of imprisoning children and separating them from their parents, and then she's eating burritos? <laughs> you don't find that offensive? Isn't that crazy? That is what, that was that's one of what, the big points of that. Uh, was one of their points. Why is that wrong, Stu? Well, first of all, they keep saying that these are all asylum seekers. Well, all the asylum seekers aren't coming from Mexico. They're all coming from Guatemala and other... El Salvador. El Salvador. Uh, and so, <laughs> like, you're just, what, lumping them in as the same? I, I thought that would be something that you'd criticize us for. Yeah, crazy. Are, are you just calling them all Mexicans? All people south of you are Mexicans? Is that what you're thinking? It's nuts. It's not the way that works. It's nuts. Okay, no. so she's she's in a Mexican restaurant, and she's just having dinner, and here come these social justice warriors, uh, and they decide that they are going to wreck everybody's meal. And here is the scene. First of all, first of all, first of all, boo, I've heard these people before. And if I can just, I mean, we are all very familiar with them. Uh, may I please play the audio from the last <laughs> protest where I saw them? And that's what she is, the queen of refuse. Mm -hmm. So bow down to her if you want. Bow to her. Bow to the queen of slime, the queen of filth, <laughs> the queen of putrescence. Boo! Boo! Rubbish! Filth! Well, slime! There you go. So we've seen this. We've seen this before. That one was not outside a Mexican restaurant. Uh, no, uh, no, no. Uh, but you can go ahead and bow to her if you want. Um, uh, and in that case, she was not feeding um, uh, tortillas with peanut butter on them to that the children. That sounds 
so delicious. I to feed me right that. Now. <laughs> I have fed that to my children. I like it with banana on it too. Yes. Do you ever do the peanut butter, banana, and jelly on a tortilla? It's freaking amazing. No, I've not had the jelly, but I'll I'll take your word for it. It sounds amazing. Delicious. What is wrong with that? What is wrong with that? And by the way, they're 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 feeding them sandwiches that still have ice in them, still are partly frozen. Okay, well, wait for a couple of minutes, uh, and they won't be frozen anymore. I mean, are you predicting the future? How do you know that? It's in Texas. It's gonna just very short period of time, and believe me, they'll be toasty. Walk outside for eleven seconds, you'll have a grilled sandwich. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Listen to what they're. Listen to what she is saying here. She she starts with no borders, no walls. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sorry, but. If you want the United States of America to provide services for people, which I don't, I don't, I don't want the government providing services for me, for my family or anyone else. Last resort services. Yes. Last resort. You can talk to me about that. I'll be open to that. But that's not what we have. Now, you can either have no borders and no services, or you need borders and services. You cannot have both. You cannot have no borders and services because you can't afford them. So which is it? Do you want a big, glorious state that provides everything for everybody, or... Do you want borders? You can't have both. But what about the fact that no borders, no walls, sanctuary for all rhymes? You didn't. You well, have not that, addressed that. That is a very good point. You haven't. You haven't that, even no, noted that. No, it is good. I'm going to leave that to the poetry section of our broadcast <laughs> a little later. But think about that, though. What they're saying is not. We need to stop separation of families. No. By the way, this is isn't this the Democratic Socialists of America? By the way, yes. Uh, which was fascinating to see this clip run on cable news because finally it felt felt honest. It was like here's a clip, and in the very up, upper right hand corner, Democratic Socialists of America. It was like it kind of feels like a lot of the sourcing comes through there. Yeah. But we don't normally hear about it. It's nice to see that they're actually put the name on the screen mm-hmm. for once. But no borders, no walls, sanctuary for all is not common sense solutions to parents being ripped out of the arms of of no. their of their par- uh, ch- uh, child or whatever it's the opposite it's open borders it's no borders there's no walls and sanctuary for all that means you're just opening it up and everybody's running across whenever they want to and if you want to have that as an argument go ahead but don't stand on tv because the same stations that were making these arguments well we just can't have these separations it's, it's just inhumane that's a totally different argument than the audio you're playing. And you know it. And the audio that you're playing, can you imagine, and I don't want to play this game, I'm tired of this game, but can you imagine had the Tea Party behaved that way with uh, when, when, when uh, what's-his-name, was actually running guns across the border? Can you imagine if we would have interrupted his dinner? Um, we, we Racism. Would have, we would have been racist. We would have been... Horrid, you know this CNN, one of the reporters on CNN uh, said she shouldn't be eating at a Mexican restaurant, uh, but maybe there's no Swedish food in uh, Washington. Excuse me? Excuse me? 
You're, First of all, what, lingonberry juice and meatballs? I mean, where, where are we going with this? There's not, I've been to Ikea. They've got two foods. Yeah, I mean, and you got to assemble furniture after at the end. It's not fun. Anyway, I mean, this ridiculous and mocking this, making jokes and light about this. Do you know that yesterday we had not only Peter Fonda threatening the life of Barron. Now, imagine had that done, had that been done to one of Obama's kids. It would have been the greatest scandal of all time if I would have said what Peter Fonda said, and I never would have. I never would have. He was advocating for the rape of oh my gosh, a twelve-year-old, the kidnapping, yep, and the rape of a twelve-year-old who happens to be the son of the president of the United States Mm. is so far over the line of sanity that there's almost no hope. If we can't agree on that. So not only did that happen, but another guy who was a a uh, a volunteer for the Democrats and worked on many Democratic campaigns. His Facebook page is all about the Democrats. He also threatened the life and said to one congressman, I'm coming for your kids and I'm going to kidnap your kids, Mm. keep them in a cage and kill them. Now, he's been arrested. But what, why, why aren't, what, where is anyone calling for calm? Why are we just being ratcheted up over and over again? I'll tell you why. Because of clicks and ratings. I could ratchet things up. I could. I know how. I know how to feed the American people what they want and right now what they want is anger towards the other side and i could do it i'm not because it's wrong for the country i've always tried to do the right thing for the country but as we have gone down this road and i see us getting sicker and sicker and sicker i have been made aware of not only my responsibilities and my failings but the failings of all of us especially those in the media where are the people that will say wait we have to back off from the edge here this is bad they're not because they see this as a way to win In this particular case, any win leaves a country that half of it feels like they have lost. Let's stay focused on what we should be focused on, and that is our humanity. Look at how people are saying they don't care about children, and we have to be human and decent if we're going to be Americans. And so I think we should kidnap and rape and kill the child of the president. Is nobody recognizing what's happening? How can you keep your humanity and even dismiss that? Even just say, well, that's just him. That's I don't believe in that. But there is a problem. No. No. Our number one problem is we are losing our humanity. We are losing our love for one another and all people, unless they think exactly like you. Why did we go down to the border in the first place in 2014? 
It was to remind us that these are not just political debates. These are people. They are not just objects of a policy. These are children. And at the time, I said, look, there's going to come a time when we're just going to want to tear each other apart. And we must do everything we can to exercise the muscle of charity and goodwill and decency. That's why we went down. What we found there was worse than what we thought. It still is. But let's let's keep things in separate buckets. There are those that believe on both sides. The the extreme libertarian that says I want no borders and they can make a case for that. Uh then the socialist that says I want no borders. I don't believe they can make a a intellectual case for that because at least libertarians are saying, well, we're not going to provide stuff for everybody and we should be free to roam. Okay. Well, at least it's intellectually um, consistent. Socialists usually turn into communists and then borders become very important. That's one argument. The other argument is what are we doing with the separation of the children? Okay, if we're going to have that, let's look at the law. What does the law say? If we don't like the law, then we need Congress to act. But we can't get Congress to act because everyone in Congress is at each other's throats. And no one is actually trying to solve anything. I shouldn't say that. A few are. But the parties are not. The parties need us at each other's throats. So we're either going to be pawns and we are going to play into this. And we are not going to recognize that Russia sees yet another opportunity. And as was revealed yesterday, are back in the game. Their bots and servers are going in and they are dividing us again, trying to stir up hatred. United we stand, divided we fall. They know it. So does the media. So do the political parties. But they win in the short term by getting ratings or money or winning elections. The only losers here are us. We must repair and focus on our humanity. By the way, you're going to see uh, Boundaries this weekend? You excited? Mm, it's Peter Fonda's new movie coming out. Let me tell you, 2017 BBB heard more than 5,000 complaints about alarm companies. That puts home security in the top 10% of the most complained about industries. That's crazy. So what do you do to fix it? Well, you go to Simply Safe. SimplySafe.com slash Beck. If you go to Simply Safe, what you're going to find, no contracts, no wires, no hidden fees. They work to earn your business, and they don't rely on tricks in fine print. That's really rare, and that's what makes Simply Safe the best uh, product out on the market for being able to keep your home or your business, your family or your stuff, safe. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Go there today. Get 10% off at simplysafebeck.com. By the way, an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. simplysafebeck.com. 
Glenn Beck. Did you say a new Peter Fonda movie is opening this weekend? Yeah, really excited. You're not going to go see it? Boundaries? No. no I, he knows no he boundaries. Does, no, he, he he's, it's okay. They're going to still release it. Uh, it Unbelievable. The, Sony Pictures Classics, uh, was they've been criticized because of these tweets. Hey, are you going to get rid of this guy? Uh, they're like, ah, it's kind of a minor role. And we think the t- tweets are abhorrent, but uh, he's apologized for them. And, you know, it was kind oh, of a minor so role. Kidnapping so kidnapping and uh, threatening to find mm-hmm. a pedophile to rape the president's son, mm-hmm. that's a, a minor role. It would be unfair really... to the other people who worked oh, at the okay. movie, Glenn. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to still release okay. that thing. All right. Glenn. Warning, this uh, program is um, really inappropriate for anyone who just wants to engage in knee-jerk anger, uh, is addicted to outrage, and wants to be fed more, or those who just like sound bites and don't really actually want to listen or learn. So, okay, I think we got rid of the riffraff. Now let's talk about cartoons. Um, Cartoons. Remember when cartoons were happy things? Now, I want to separate what I'm about to say with the First Amendment. I am not for banning any kind of speech. I do not want any kind of speech ban. I am a First Amendment absolutist. Now, cartoons, every panel, you know, took you on a tidy little journey. Do you remember uh, watching, uh, you know, reading the Sunday newspaper? And that's the section that you wanted as a kid. And if you were lucky and had some silly putty and the Sunday comics, you could press it down on the paper and then you'd have one of those little boxes there on your silly putty and you could stretch the faces. It would carry you to unexplored places. In Understanding Comics, Scott McCloud writes, quote, the comics creator asks us to join him in a silent dance of the seen and the unseen, the visible and the invisible. This dance is unique to comics. No other art form gives so much to its audience while asking so much from them as well. This is why I think it's a mistake to see comics as a mere hybrid of the graphic arts and prose fiction. What happens between panels is kind of magic only comics can create, end quote. Now, when that magic is manipulated or politicized, It can devolve the art form into a baseless thing. Yesterday, Occupy Wall Street published the perfect example of lowbrow deviation from the art form. Um, A six-panel approach at satire, which imitates the instructions panel found in the netted cubbyhole behind the seats on airplanes. The cartoon is a critique of the recent news about the immigrant children being separated from their parents after crossing the border. And it is a step-by-step guide on how to murder U.S. immigrations and customs enforcement agents. Should you have the right to do that? I guess so. Yes. Should you do that? Do you have a responsibility to restrain yourself? Yeah, I think you do. The first panel shows a man shoving an infant into a cage meant for Pomeranians. The following five panels feature instructions and include pictures of a cartoonish murder. The panels read as follow. The first one, if an ICE agent tries to take your child at the border, don't panic. Second panel, pull your child away as quickly as possible by force. Third panel, gently tell your child to close his or her eyes and ears so he won't uh, witness what you're about to do. 
Panel 4. Grab the ICE agent from behind and push your knife into his chest with an upward thrust, causing the agent's sternum to break. 5. Reach into his chest and pull out his still-beating heart. 6. Hold his bloody heart out for all the agents to see and tell them that the same fate awaits them if they F with your child again. Now, violent comics are nothing new. We've been dropping safes on, uh, you know, the coyote's head forever. But most of the time, they remain in the realm of invented worlds. In other, in other words, not in ours, not with a reference to actual people, let alone federal agents. The mainstream media made a game of crying racism every single time a single cartoon depiction of Obama was ever printed. During his presidency, but also during his tenure as senator, when the New Yorker, of all places, faced scrutiny for depicting him in Muslim clothing. Holy cow, you'd think the earth had stopped. Life was a minefield for political cartoonists during the Obama era. This year, we saw the leftist outrage regarding the Simpsons character Apu. Now, so you know... Apu is a cartoon representation of a highly respected, though cartoonishly depicted cartoon character on a cartoon show composed of cartoonishly depicted cartoon characters. We all remember Charlie Hebdo, which, like many outlets, have used cartoon satire to criticize Islam. They face the wrath and ire of people unable to see the tamest representation of the Prophet Muhammad. Now, Charlie Hebdo was not doing the tamest depiction of the Prophet Muhammad. But it is interesting, isn't it? Occupy Wall Street publishes a cartoon that advocates murdering of federal agents, and critics are all told to lighten up. Meanwhile, the merest depiction of Muhammad has resulted in riots and murders throughout the world. Murder, riots, and terror on an unprecedented scale. Now, the intersection of Islam and comics is complex enough to have its own three-hour show, so we're going to leave that for now. Although we should maybe make reference to the depiction of Barack Obama and how you could lose your job or your position if you had depicted him in ways that the Twitter, I don't know what to call them, mob, decided they didn't like it. It is worth mentioning the commentary by satirical website The Onion, which featured a highly offensive cartoon of all of the major religious figures except Mohammed, noting, following the publication of the image above, in which the most cherished figures from multiple religious faiths were depicted engaging in lascivious sex acts of considerable depravity, and yet no one was murdered, beaten, or had their lives threatened. Of course, Occupy Wall Street is free to publish uh, publish any cartoon that they like. This is America. But if we do not understand our responsibilities that go with our rights, we are going to lose them. Because at some point, somebody's going to say, somebody has to make this stop. Although there have been several instances in which violent cartoons were ruled to have violated the yelling fire in a crowded theater limitation of the First Amendment... Posting it to Twitter is another issue because that's not the government. And I honestly do not want Twitter editing people's speech either. But they are a private company. And as a private company, surely 
this Occupy Wall Street cartoon shoving a knife into the agent's chest so you could crack open his sternum surely is a violation of its current content policy. But experience tells me that nothing will come of it. And so I guess this commentary is, and the world goes on. A screenshot of a receipt from Chick-fil-A causes outrage, and the head of Twitter needs to apologize for it. But a cartoon advocating the murder of federal agents gets nothing. Again, back to understanding comics. Scott McCloud concludes, Today, the, popu- the possibilities for comics are, as they always have been, endless. Comics offer range and versatility, with all the potential imagery of film and painting, plus the intimacy of the written word. And that's all that's needed. Just a desire to be heard, the will to learn, and the ability to see. Crude and awful as the Occupy Wall Street comic is, the best thing we can do is nod and look elsewhere for the art that will open our eyes, that will inspire us to be better people. Let the lunatics draw what they want. Let them stew in their own flawed double standards. Otherwise, we're as shallow and empty as they are, and nothing good comes from that. So, just a moment to recognize the world we now find ourselves in, growing more and more unlike anything we ever would have recognized 10 years ago. But the best thing we can do is smile and keep moving forward. Because the history of mankind shows us that things are getting better. They will get better. This too shall pass. The best way to make it pass faster is to show the world how to hear, how to learn, and how to see. It's Thursday, June 21st. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Florida law enforcement officials arrested a man yesterday who allegedly called the office of Brian Mast. Uh, Brian Mass is a Republican from Florida. Um, The man that was arrested had threatened to kill his kids over the media's recent hysteria over the child separation immigration policy. Now, I believe that this is the exact example that the media has been looking for. The media tried to look for any time anyone did anything violent at all or threatened violence because of the words that were being expressed by me, Bill O'Reilly, and others on Fox News. They blamed everything on us. But nothing really ever came from any of that. But they didn't stop them from looking. Perhaps, just perhaps, the media should look at itself now. Let me repeat He threatened to kill the congressman's kids over the media's recent hysteria over the child separation immigration policy. Lawrence Key is his name. He's accused of calling Mast's office 478 times. 
allegedly telling an intern in the office, I am going to, I'm quoting, I am going to find the congressman's kids and kill them. He continued, allegedly saying, if you're going to separate kids at the border, I'm going to kill his kids, end quote. Quote, don't try to find me because you won't. He was arrested. Key allegedly told investigators that he never threatened to hurt Mast's children, but said that Mast should be separated from his kids. So who is he? Well, a quick look at his social media pages show that he is very politically active. He volunteers regularly for the Democratic Party of Martin County and has volunteered many hours for Planned Parenthood, according to a friend of Key's. My initial thought, but perhaps it's unkind, is if he spends so much time uh, volunteering his time for Planned Parenthood, perhaps he is used to killing children, and so it means less to him than it would to you and me. But again, that's unkind. Mass has a daughter and two sons. They're under the age of eight. They are safe today. However, is the president's son safe? This goes to Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda suggested on Twitter that uh, we should be able to kidnap the president's son and turn him over to a child molester to be repeatedly raped. Melania Trump, uh, who is never getting any love or respect at all from the media, had to call Secret Service and report it. They are on it. Peter Fonda is still free to walk around and say what he wants. He's also free to release a new movie this weekend. Sony Pictures has decided not to pull the movie. They say he plays a minor role in this, and he's already apologized to the first lady and the first family. Oh, okay. So why is this happening? You know the thing that really intrigues me on this whole business? is we are missing the point. We are missing something that I haven't heard anybody talk about. We are missing one critical piece that once you understand this one critical piece, we should all say, oh crap, what are we doing? What are we arguing about? I'll give it to you when we come back. First, uh, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Goldline. Uh, there's a couple of stories here today. Um, did you see that uh, Daimler um, has uh, cut its outlook? Apparently, Daimler uh, has uh, just come out and said they're lowering their earnings potential for the year uh, because of the tariffs for U.S. vehicles to the Chinese market. So they are now expecting that uh, Daimler AG uh, is going to lower their earnings because these, these tariffs are going to hurt Daimler here in the United States. They don't work. Um, and um, any conservative has known this for a very long time. Ronald Reagan was for free trade. And I know there is an argument that... You know, some trade is uh, is unfair in some countries. 
yes, it is. It is. And we need to do the best that we can. But trade wars always work out horribly for everybody. All we have to do is look at history. Now, we're looking at history and we are seeing some really disturbing trends um, the stock markets are down. The, the investors are becoming panicked because not only of the trade war, but also, more importantly, because of rising inflation. This is eating at your savings. Inflation now is rising. Um, they're, ex- they're expecting they're fine. The Fed is fine with a 3% inflation. They said 2 but once it hit 3 they're like, well, we're fine with that, too. Now, this is what happens when you print money like we did and the whole world did it not just us the whole world did it this has happened before it happened in germany also one of those countries was zimbabwe Goldline would like you to know that history and be able to show your friends they're going to give you a zimbabwean 10 billion dollar bill just for calling and talking to one of their account executives about the benefits of old uh, owning gold you have a 10 billion dollar bill in your pocket from zimbabwe it's not worth anything But then again, maybe the U.S. greenback isn't worth very much at some point in the future as well, because it's math and it always ends the same way. Now, with inflation or when currency becomes worthless or there's great instability, that is when gold skyrockets. Call today and see how easy it is to own gold or silver. Call 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information and find out if gold is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. All right, so what is it that everyone is missing? Well, what does this story that has consumed us and has caused so much hatred? Have you noticed the growth of hatred in the last, well, when was Father's Day? Four days ago? Have you noticed the growth of hatred in the last week? It's off the charts. So what is this all about? Why do we hate each other so much right now? We hate each other right now because we are led to believe that one side wants to keep children in cages or grab them and take them away from their parents. And the other side doesn't. Okay. Well, there's a couple of factors here. Um, The Republicans didn't really have a problem uh, too much with it. Some did. This audience did um, back in 2014. But I think that's mainly because there was no information on it. I mean, we we rang the bell, but nobody else was really ringing the bell. Um, And then now, because nobody showed it under Obama, all the Democrats believe that this is something new and they're comfortable in that knowledge. No matter no matter how much you offer to say, no, 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 this isn't new. That doesn't help. They don't want that information. Okay, everybody wants to live in their own bubble. But when we actually look look at it, what we're asking is, should kids be taken away from parents? The poll numbers are clear. Sixty seven say, no, we shouldn't. Sixty seven percent of us and 17 percent say yes. And in that 17 percent, I will bet you that a lion's share of that 17 percent is saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want them to keep, keep the kids in an adult prison 
That's that's not really healthy. So what do you do with that? Um, 17 percent say, you know, well, we 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 got to keep them someplace because I don't want them released out into the wilds because who do you know? Where do they go? 67 percent. Those when they're asked, do you want to continue or should we abolish this practice of keeping them separate from their parents? 80 percent say abolish it. So can I ask you, what is it that we're arguing about? What is it besides politics, power, money and ratings? What is it we hate each other about? This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to go over a, I want to go over a couple of things. I want to go over a couple of pieces here. Uh, that I think are um, important. Um, last night, um, you know, can we play the, uh, can we please play the um, protesters with uh, Nielsen, uh, the woman who was out, she works for uh, DHS, and she was out having dinner at a Mexican restaurant, and um, the Democratic Socialist and Antifa disrupted everybody's meal to do this. No borders and no walls. We are ruining your dinner. She is the secretary of DHS. ICE rips children apart from their families every day. They lock them up in cages. They sleep under those silver blankets you guys get at marathons. These kids will never be reunited with their parents because Kirsten Nielsen's staff doesn't think it's necessary to make a plan to reunite them with their parents. All right, so... Yesterday, CNN, um, you know, talked a little bit about this. No, nothing has really happened to these people at all. Nobody's really speaking out against them. And Ana Navarro, who is a, I believe, a Republican, um, um, I guess, whatever that means anymore. um, She tweeted, she's from CNN. Are there no Norwegian restaurants in Washington, D.C.? Byron York uh, wrote, appears no authorities intervened to stop, abolish ICE Antifa harassing the DHS uh, security secretary uh, at a D.C. restaurant last night. Meanwhile, CNN's Ana Navarro suggests Nielsen, a Florida native, should stick to her own ethnicity in choosing restaurants. I had to respond. First of all, thank you, Byron. Uh, but I asked CNN and Ana Navarro, can you stop minimizing what is happening? You took every word, for instance, target. As a threat, as something that needed to stop just six years ago, every single word was a dog whistle for racism or violence. Now this happens. Peter Fonda threatens the president's child. Another guy in Florida threatens the life of a congressman's children. And you're making jokes? Intellectual honesty and integrity. That is our main problem today. There is no intellectual honesty or integrity. Everyone just wants to win for their side. And, and winning now is even morphing into just rip the other side apart. Just make them pay. 
I got a a tweet response, a Twitter response from somebody who said, really, you're telling people to calm down? The guy who uh, freaked everybody out with FEMA camps, death panels in World (laughs) War Three. Okay, well, let's let's take those. First of all, FEMA camps. Um, We dismantled the FEMA camps, and I don't mean physical FEMA camps because they never existed. We dismantled the lie about FEMA camps. I debunked those. I know everybody says I promoted them. No, I debunked those with popular mechanics. Also debunked the 9-11 conspiracy theory with popular mechanics. When it comes to death panels, um, well, I'd just like to remind you of Charlie Gard and Alfie Evans and the case here uh, with a guy who could actually speak and was actually able to communicate saying, no, don't unplug me. I'm alive. But the hospital decided that his life wasn't worth it. That is a death panel. They we're at the very beginning of that. Oh, let me just give you this article today. Google's artificial intelligence can now predict your death with 95% accuracy. It now shows it will earn a warning. Each person will earn, earn an early warning score that will be used in hospitals. AI will be able to predict, uh, predict mortality 24 hours after admission with 95% accuracy. Well, what do you think that means? That means don't argue with the Google algorithm. The Google algorithm says you don't have a chance to live, so no help for you. That is a death panel. I stand by that. In World War III, he specifically mentioned in his tweet that I said that Islamists and, um, and those who are uh, part of Antifa and the, the communists and the, um, the uh, socialist will all work together, not coordinated, but to bring chaos to the world. If you can't see that chaos is happening in the world right now, what, what, what just happened here at the at the restaurant is that not chaos is that not promoting hate is that something that you think we should be doing is that something done by i don't know an islamist no a socialist yes antifa yes is that making us healthier or is that bringing us to a place where we're at each other's throats how about the the uh, socialists and the Islamists working hand in hand on the Israeli border. It is happening. But I'm sorry that we haven't had World War Three yet. But mark my words, if we don't turn around, it is coming. It is coming. The last thing is a difference. I don't care what you did in the past. I really don't. Can you be consistent to get today? For instance, let me show you something that Brooke Baldwin uh, said. Now, I don't have praise for Brooke Baldwin very often, uh, but it is as if she got a clue yesterday. Brooke Baldwin has been uh, part of this, you know, the media that is just trying to make this into something that Donald Trump has done. No, it started under Clinton. It went to Bush. Then it went to Obama. He had more people in these those 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 blankets, those silver foil blankets. Those pictures are from Obama's term. And now Trump has, you could say, made the situation worse. How? By following the law. This isn't something that he is doing because he hates Mexicans or anything else. He's enforcing the law. And that means 
because of the Supreme Court, you cannot keep the children with their parents. So what do you do? Well, we are supposed to go to Congress and work it out. But nobody in Congress wants to. Why does nobody in Congress want to? Because they have a winning issue. Why do they have a winning issue? Because the press sees a way to hurt the other side, not to solve it. Nobody cares about these kids. Make no mistake. You might care about those kids. I care about those kids. But nobody really cares about them. What they care about is the next election, the fundraising, the ratings. That's what they care about. Because we rarely see things like we saw from Brooke Baldwin yesterday, which is intellectual integrity. Listen to Baldwin as she asks a Democratic senator, where were you in 2014? As so many people in this country are certainly outraged by the cages and the thermal blankets and the facilities housing these kids, you know, they were all there in 2014 under President Obama. And my question to you, Senator Baldwin, is did you speak up against them then? You know, on, the, on this issue that we get into a moment where we're making progress and then when it... Uh, when it stalls, right. uh, we turn around. I think we Wait, all what? need to continue to be focused on it and press it through. What are you the talking American about? The American people need confidence Stop. that we can solve problems. Okay, so we know who has intellectual integrity here. I have to give credit to where credit is due. Brooke Baldwin, she had intellectual integrity. She had somebody who was complaining about it. She knows that this has been going on for a long time. Where were you then? She asked the question. The question is not answered. She didn't expect it. You could see she wasn't prepared for it. She didn't expect anybody in the media to actually say that. So she wasn't even prepared for it. Uh, well, I, um, you know, we move forward. And then when we stop, we, um, am, am I on with Fox News? What happened here? Intellectual honesty and integrity. It, it allows you to sleep at night. It really does. You don't have to think about what you have to say because you're consistent. However, it does require you intellectual honesty and integrity does require you to compare what you're saying about one subject, not only to yourself in the past, but also on other subjects. For instance, the woman who was screaming there at uh, Nielsen, she was screaming about how horrible it is to take these children and rip them apart from their parents. These children have no chance of making it now. Are you saying the same thing about Planned Parenthood? No, because that's a choice. Okay, all right. I disagree with you, but I'll give that to you. How about when Planned Parenthood was taking these children and they were cutting them up and against the law selling them for body, their body parts. Did you have a problem with organ harvesting, which is clearly against the law? The answer is no. Let me play one more. This is, this is uh, Governor Cuomo, who is now suing Trump for border detentions. Now, I want you to listen to this carefully. Quickly explain the basis of your lawsuit against the Trump administration. Sure. Thanks for having me, Wolf, and go Buffalo. Uh, the basis of Ugh. the lawsuit is very simple. It is a violation of the due process of the parents and of the children. 
our federal constitution provides due process rights uh, to citizens and non-citizens, undocumented people. And one of the fundamental rights is a parent's right to care, custody, and control of their child. Stop. And that has been violated. Stop. Stop. So he is very upset because parents have a right to care and custody of their children. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's start back. Let's go back to due process. You want to fix this? Here's the easy way to fix it. Ted Cruz has the fix. All we have to do is appoint. I think it's we have 200 and some judges that are on this. We need about 800 judges to be able to handle the influx. That way we can turn these things around in 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 uh, two weeks. Everybody within 14 days will know whether you have asylum here or if you have to go home. We also have to know if these really are your children or not. We can do that. All we have to do is hire more judges. We can do that. They're ready to do that. All they have to do is vote on it in Congress. No, nobody's going to vote on it in Congress. Why? Because it stops the argument of due process. Well, here's the governor saying that that's what the problem is, due process. The second problem is uh, he says that it's the rights of the parents being violated. Your state just can't come in and take your kids. You have a right to the care. You have a right to uh, um, uh, to keep your children with you. Really, Governor? Really? Really? Where are you? Where where were you? Were you fighting for Justine uh, Peltier? Were you fighting for that? Girl, are you fighting for the children that are being taken and their the parental rights are being taken by hospitals? Are you on the front line speaking out about Charlie Gard and Alfie Evans? Were you on the front lines of that saying, look, these are parental rights and I know it's another country, but we are going to be facing these same kinds of issues because we are moving to a socialized healthcare system here and we need to answer those issues. The state cannot take the right of the parents away. See, the problem is when you're just when you're just trying to win. It's great. You, you, you don't have to think about any of those things. But when you want to have intellectual integrity, you must compare what you're saying here. Does this opinion work with all your other stances? And if they're in conflict, then one of your stances is incorrect. That is what we all need to do. And no one in the media or in Washington are willing to do it. The question is, Will you do the hard work to save our nation? Soros may be a sign that uh, more institutional investors are starting to get interested in cryptocurrency. Venture capitalists uh, uh, founded by the Rockefeller family, Venrock, getting into cryptos now. Rockefellers have rumored net worth of a trillion dollars. Holy cow. Um and they're big into they're big into early tech uh, through Venrock, Apple, Intel. They've made a lot of money. Uh, a lot of people are getting into cryptocurrency and a lot of people are freaking out because it's taken a bath. Well, that's why we got together with Tika Tawari. Uh, he is with the uh, Palm Beach letter and he has an awful lot of uh, credibility. If I, if I felt really bad for him, uh, there was a review in some crypto magazine or crypto online thing that was talking about the smart crypto course that we're offering. 
They said it's getting good reviews and it's really good and useful. The only problem with it is Glenn Beck. He's, you know, he's a conspiracy theorist, so he hurts the crypto world. <laughs> oh, OK. OK. Sorry about that, Tika. Um, I don't have anything to do with this other than I asked Tika to put it together. Smartcryptocourse.com. If you uh, would like to uh, know what blockchain really is about, how cryptos work, why it is the future, what's happening. If you have money, what's happening? Smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK. 877-PBL-BECK. I will tell you that I asked Tika to come on today um, because of what's happening with cryptocurrencies. Last week I was talking to him and he he happened to be here. And I said, okay, can can you tell me? Because I'm freaking out a little bit. And he said, don't and we spent about 20 minutes talking about it and i felt a lot better because i had real information i want you to hear his conversation he'll be coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes from now but his course is available online now at smartcryptocourse.com or 877-PBL-BECK glenn back hey we've started a new video series that uh, we would love for you to share with all of your friends it is called hands-on history it's available on youtube on the blaze channel um but uh, it's really good they run about five minutes long and it is it is us explaining a principle using many objects from our museum vaults here of history and we show you what happened in history and today's episode is about dreaming big Um, Right after this radio show, in about an hour from now, we're going to go on Facebook, on the Blaze channel for Facebook. Uh, We're going to go live. And every time you share the newest episode on Facebook for Hands on History, you're registered to win a signed copy of my book, Dreamers and Deceivers. After the show today. Glenn Beck. All right, I just want to talk to uh, um, really anybody, (laughs) anybody who is, uh, it would just, just sit down and fix reason to her seat here for just a second and not play politics. I know a lot of progressives think that Obama's, you know, the Obamas are, you know, a, a gift to the world. Uh, but I think that gift is kind of a metaphorical uh, kind of gift. It uh, doesn't extend to helpful, tangible things like saving taxpayer money. Illinois now has approved $224 million to pay for street and transportation upgrades around the planned site of the Obama Presidential Center. Now, the catch is that the Illinois taxpayer is going to have to cover $200 million of that cost for a presidential museum. Okay, the people have to decide, is that worth it or not? It could bring visitors in. It could, you know, help businesses all around. It might not, but that's up for the taxpayers to decide. And taxpayers should check their bank account first. Eight years of multiplying the national debt wasn't enough for Barack Obama. Look where we are now. But fleecing habits with all politicians are, uh, they die hard. What's another 200 million? Especially when you've got a tribute or a presidential museum to pay for. It's all well and good, and every state can decide to do what they want. However, America, we are going to actually be on the hook when Illinois collapses. Because Illinois can not even fund its own pension system. The state has a $137 billion funding shortfall. That means that every person, every person in Illinois owes $11,000 for pension. And there is no plan to fix the mess. So what's another 200 million? Unless Illinois progressives have discovered a new kind of math, it doesn't add up. 
You can't fund pensions, but you're going to figure out a way to milk the public for another $200 million to cover the cost of a library. It's hard to imagine who in their right mind would think this will be money well spent, except for maybe the mayor of Chicago, the former Obama chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, who said, quote, the state's investment in infrastructure improvements near the Obama Center on the south side of Chicago is money well spent. Well, if it is, then the city of Chicago should do it and not the state of Illinois. The spending has already been signed into law, even though the Obama library hasn't received construction approval yet. Part of the holdup is that the proposed site is on public land in historic Jackson Park. Well, that's not very progressive, is it? I mean, it's a historic district in Jackson Park. But, you know, for some presidents, we'll go the extra mile. Some presidential overreach lasts longer than others. And this president has overreach that is going to last a long time, as long as the citizens decide to keep paying more money. Here's the thing about taxing the peasants so the king can build a fancy monument to himself. It's wrong. It's completely unnecessary. If the city can show that it will actually increase income, make the case and let the voters decide. But you also have to be really clear with the voters that you are hundreds of billions of dollars in debt with no way out. The Obamas have the richest friends on the planet. They could fund this entire project in their sleep. The world simply must have a tricked-out Obama museum? Good. Then do what we do in Texas. Let private citizens take out their wallets voluntarily. As the Mercury Museum proved just this weekend, it is possible to build an exhibit with amazing artifacts that can attract a ton of visitors. That don't cost the taxpayers a single thin dime. It's Thursday, June 21st. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So, how long ago was this, Stu? A few months back, we had Tika Tawari come in. He's from the Palm Beach Letter. And we asked him to come in because we are investors. Stu and I are just, you know, amateur investors in uh, cryptocurrencies. And uh, the things were starting to get a little dicey. And we were like, okay, can we, we need to figure some of this stuff out. As we were talking to Tika, um, he is, uh, he's really good at explaining things. And he's one of the long-term experts on this um, and has made people very, very wealthy um, on cryptocurrencies. And so we, we had him build a um, uh, uh, smart crypto course for us. Full disclosure, he is an advertiser on that. Um, But he's also a guy that we asked uh, to build that for you because we thought that we needed it. I'm sure other people do. It's currently getting, you know, four out of five stars by like 95% of the people or 97% of the people who are using it. It's really amazing. He is really a good teacher. He's on with us uh, now. Hello, Tika, how are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure. Um, so just give me a little bit of your background uh, so the audience knows, you know, that you have some credibility in this. Yeah, sure. Actually, my, my background is originally uh, from Wall Street. I started working for Lehman Brothers when I was 18. I was the youngest broker in the firm's history. When I was 20, I became 
the youngest VP in, in the firm's history. So I did that for a number of years and started a hedge fund in back in 03 and then started getting involved in cryptocurrency in, in 2016. And, and when the penny dropped for me, when I really understood the value of this new asset class, I just, I, I just, all I could do was talk about cryptocurrency and, um, uh, I've been writing about it, been heavily involved in it, probably have relationships with just about every major VC firm, hedge fund, and development team uh, in the world in terms of crypto. Okay, so uh, when w- the first thing I asked you just last week was, uh, there's a bloodbath going on. What's happening? <laughs> you know, this is, there's, a, there's a fear of heavy-handed regulation, and every time we see the crypto market sell off, you can always tie it back to this particular fear of regulation. So this specific, specific fear is around the Commodities Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC. They're kind of the, the cops of commodities and futures. So they need pricing data from crypto exchanges in order to make sure that their Bitcoin futures are priced correctly. And so they approached several exchanges and asked for this data. And the exchanges said, you know, we don't want to give it to you which was, you know, a shock to the CFTC. So in this display of regulatory chest thumping, the CFT said, oh, yeah, well, here's what we're going to do. And they opened up a price manipulation investigation into just about every major crypto exchange. And so this created this knee-jerk panic selling. And the reason is, is that a common fear among crypto investors is that regulators will shut down the entire space. So, it's always so, been the biggest fear in this sector. But if you look at the facts, the fear doesn't square with reality. So far, regulators have been looking for ways to bring the crypto asset class into a regulatory framework that will allow the asset uh, to grow. In fact, just yesterday, we saw an announcement from a Trump official Uh, Mike Mulvaney, he's the acting director of Consumer Financial Protection Mm -hmm. Bureau, said on Wednesday that we need a light touch with regulation. You can't overregulate this asset because you'll stifle innovation. So I'm seeing that, excuse me, across the board with multiple regulators that I'm speaking to. They're telling me, take a look, we don't want to kill this thing. We we just want to make sure that it doesn't get out of hand and, and that you have, you know, the rampant fraud that we've seen in the past. Right. And I think that's I think that's really good. But but my concern is, I mean, I'm sitting here with a, a headline today. De-dollarization escalates. Russia sells off record amount of U.S. Treasury bonds, yada, yada. Um, you know, there is a problem with currency and the banking and everything that else is is going on. And these central banks are not just going to let go of their power. And quite honestly, um, I can't imagine that the government's. Um, are not going to want all of the information uh, from cryptocurrencies because that's another reason why cryptocurrency is so good uh, is the government has no right in my business as long as it's legal. They have no right in my business. And so I can move my money anywhere I want to go. I mean, if, 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 you know, if I'm living in China, I don't have to worry about taking money with me. All I have to do is sneak across the border and I've got the digits in my head. And I've got all my money. How do these Correct. That, how do these how do these countries not when they start to collapse grab onto this? Uh, it's it's the decentralized nature of cryptocurrency really prevents it from governments actually taking it over. The same way that governments don't like uh, file sharing services 
there's no way to shut them down. The decentralized nature makes these assets incredibly valuable and incredibly resistant to external forces such as forced confiscation by governments. You know, it's one of the beauties of Bitcoin, Glenn. If you protect your private key, uh, no one knows you have that Bitcoin and no one has the ability to take that Bitcoin from you. Is there any country that is thinking about going into this and just saying, look, I don't want to build our own. We just want to ride on the back and 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 we'll um, use this as currency. I mean, I would imagine that Venezuela, uh, you know, would be smart to to do something like this. Well, Bitcoin is the unofficial currency of Venezuela right now. It's it's really how much of the population is is feeding themselves. Um, there's this underground economy right now that is completely built around Bitcoin. Now, there are other countries that are looking at floating uh, a version of their own currency uh, in a crypto format, like a crypto fiat. Uh, China's talked about it. Russia's talked about it. Even Switzerland's uh, uh, talked about it. Now, you know, to me, putting a, uh, if you take paper money and you just digitize it, it's just the same thing as paper money, right? It can be created at will. It can be confiscated at will. It gives the government a total inside view into how you're spending your money. So a lot of people have a fear, Glenn, that, oh, what happens when the dollar moves to uh, a digital format? Won't that uh, make Bitcoin irrelevant. And I say, no, it'll actually make Bitcoin more valuable because Bitcoin gives you the privacy and gives you that custody of your own capital that you'll never have with fiat money. Uh, Tika, we, we had this period where everyone kind of, uh, you know, became excited about cryptocurrencies. They obviously went up and they, they're up a ton from, you know, just a, a year ago. Still, uh, people kind of lose sight of that uh, with the recent drop. But it feels like for this to be a real thing and for it to really change the world, at some point we're going to need to see applications that people can actually interact with. It can't just be people using it as you know digital gold or whatever. It needs to be something where people can are use interacting it. with it or we're seeing real improvements in people's lives because of it. Is, is that coming around the corner? It is coming around the corner. I, I think if you ask the people in Venezuela or, or places where they have capital controls, they are already seeing their life uh, be improved by uh, cryptocurrency. Um, in terms of improvements that you and I will see, there are several uh, technical things that are happening behind the scenes with currencies such as Bitcoin that are going to completely transform it. You know, most people right now looking at Bitcoin, they're saying, oh, this thing's down 60%. You know, did I buy the steam car of the blockchain revolution? Mm -hmm. Right there, There's... That right. fear is very real. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of people asked this question back in 03 with Apple Computer. And the, the, the problem is, is that the perception of technology didn't keep up with the pace of the actual innovation. So the same thing's happening with Bitcoin. The pace of innovation is moving faster than people's perception of it. So, uh, again, the prime example in 2003, Apple Computer was valued at a dollar, and nobody realized the value of the innovations that they were making there with things like iPods and their iOS system. You know, fast forward, it's now $200 a share. So the same thing is happening with, with, with Bitcoin. Right now, people view Bitcoin as being slow and Bitcoin as being expensive. But by the end of this year, there's going to be a technological leap called the Lightning Network that will allow Bitcoin to handle thousands of transactions simultaneously, and it will take costs 
from over a dollar a transaction down to a millionth uh, of a penny, right? So it's the functional equivalent of going from a dial-up modem to fiber optic broadband in a year. Uh, So it's this technological Mm -hmm. leap that the world is not grasping right now with Bitcoin. And and I've seen that play out, Glenn, again and again in a lot of different tech stories where people just didn't understand the pace of the innovation. I've only got about a minute left. Can you just talk about, you know, you you were trading um, in tech stocks uh, when the bubble burst and you told me, you know, you panicked and you lost millions of dollars yourself if you just would have had the courage to stand. You want to tell that real quick? Yeah, so this was in actually the early 90s. Uh, in 1990, most of the tech stocks dropped about 85%. It was a tr- there was tremendous fear in the market. And I remember owning stocks like Oracle, and it was trading at a split equivalent of 12 cents. I was down 85%. Got scared, sold. A lot of my clients sold. And then and not just Oracle, a bunch of stocks. And then I went back and I did a back test on that. What would have happened if I would have held I would have made over $20 million by the time I was 29, by the end of that decade, right? So this is why I'm so fervent about this. This is early innings. The entire market space is tiny, um, very well-respected people in the space expect this to be a $20 trillion market. It's under $300 billion today. The opportunity is still massive for transformational wealth in this space. Tika, thank you so much. Uh, Tika Tuari from the smartcryptocourse.com. We're also doing something. I think it is July. What is it? The 19th or something, Tika? July 19th at 8 p.m. Truthaboutcryptocurrencies.com. We've got a special event. It's going to be great. And uh, I'm going to be hosting it. I want to get your questions in for Tika. We're just going to have a really no-holds-barred conversation about it. Truthaboutcryptocurrencies.com. You can sign up now for the free webinar, and that is happening uh, in mid-July. Truthaboutcryptocurrencies.com. Tika, thanks so much. Uh, Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. Homeowners, you're making gains. Homeowners, with a mortgage, you are seeing your home equity increase at 13.3% since the first quarter of last year. Now, that's according to the latest home equity analysis from CoreLogic. So what does it mean? Well, if you're a homeowner, your investment is making you good money, money that can be used to pay off debt, maybe fund some new home improvements or help pay off your kid's high-interest college tuition. And if you're not a homeowner, it's another reason why now is the time to invest in your own home. I will tell you, uh, full disclosure, I am putting my home up uh, for sale um, because I... I fear this this economy is we are headed for trouble, and I don't want to be sitting with a big, huge house. Uh, and I recommend highly that you get your finances under control and um, and make yourself as weatherproof as possible. And American Financing can help you do that. They have salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. So call American Financing at 800-906-2440. Get your finances under control. Now is the time to do it. 800-906-2440 or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. Well, here is... um an unforeseen uh, complication to our economy and to your budget. 
Uh, if you buy a lot of stuff on Amazon, if you you know tend to buy all of your products from Amazon, you're now going to be paying higher prices. The Supreme Court just ruled that uh, states can impose income tax uh, on uh, these companies. And they can force out-of-state companies to, to collect it, which right. is, the, is the big ruling there. Which, which is going to cost, you know, it's not just going to push the price of each product up uh, for, you know, uh, these companies. It also now means that they have to have a, a legal and financial team that can handle all of the tax codes for all 50 states uh you're going to be filing uh you know taxes now and returning taxes to mm. all of the states the the cost of this is going to be outrageous yeah and there's a couple i don't know dangerous precedents i mean because you could apply this to all sorts of stuff and it makes i mean i don't know it makes me kind of nervous the idea that uh listen to this this is uh let's see if I can find it from the ruling uh today uh, the Internet revolution has made the original uh, error, they're talking about a previous ruling, uh, all the more egregious and harmful. The, the court did not have before it the present realities of the interstate marketplace, whereas the Internet's prevalence and power have changed the dynamics of the national economy. How many times have you heard that argument be used as a defense, right? Like, well, the, you know, the, the founders didn't have the Internet in front of them. How could they have given the First Amendment? We should change it. Oh, hey, well, they didn't have all these weapons uh, that they have now uh, when they f- came up with the Second Amendment. We should change it. Um, you know, those this is really this. This is right? frightening, especially on free speech, because read that sentence again. Uh, the court did not have before it the present realities of interstate, the interstate marketplace where the Internet's prevalence and power have changed the dynamics of a national economy. Just changed national economy to national dialogue. Yeah. And it has. The Internet has greatly changed the national dialogue. And does this open the door for now speech to be regulated? Hey, guess what? You have hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line when you want to sell your house. I guess maybe the right way to go is just to look for someone maybe you have a light acquaintance with who maybe or maybe, you know what, even better, somebody whose face you saw on a bench. That's a great way to pick somebody who's going to represent you in a hundreds of thousands of dollars level uh, of a transaction. Uh, actually, maybe you should do something else. Maybe you should go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go when you want to sell your house fast and for the most money. Uh, or if you're looking to buy, you want to find someone who you can trust, someone that knows what they're doing, someone who shares your values. Glenn started this company a while ago uh, with the idea of there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way to find a good real estate agent that can represent me in a, in a transaction that I can trust, that can do a great job without all the hassle. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the result of that. Go there now and get the best real estate agent in your town. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. There's a couple things that we, uh, I think, as a society need. I know I do, and I know my family does, and that is um, lessons on history, actual history, um, and the history that can teach us where we're going, um, either in a good way or a bad way, and also um, history that will show us principles and why principles matter. And today is about dreaming big and working hard. And it all takes real effort, uh, not just a dream, but the doing part. And that's hands-on history uh, this week. Um, we release them on Thursdays, and you can find them at youtube.com slash the blaze. Again, it's hands-on history. Um, today, on the uh, blaze 
Facebook page. Uh, I'm going to be doing something right after this show. Every Thursday, we spend about 15 minutes after the show on uh, Facebook.com slash The Blaze. And I take you behind the scenes for that episode of Hands on History. Um, this time, this week, if you share uh, the newest ep- episode on Facebook, every time you share that, you'll be entered to uh, win a signed copy of my book, Dreamers and Deceivers. It's live right after the show on the Blaze Facebook page. Uh, don't miss it and share it a bunch of times. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple things to do that I just want to run down quickly. Um, have you seen the Michael Cohen stuff? A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's so, I'm so, you know, the media is so bad at reporting on Trump and the inner workings of that yeah, White I House know. that I, I, I know. T- you know, I don't know whether to believe it or not, but. Well, this is coming from Alan Dershowitz, and Alan Dershowitz uh, speaks with Trump quite often. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that um, he thinks that Michael Cohen is panicking and is sending. Trump signals that you better help me or uh, I'm going to start talking. Um, And the reason why he is under criminal investigation for campaign finance violations, bank fraud, wire fraud, illegal lobbying, possible other crimes. Um, And they're looking to cut a deal. He may be looking to cut a deal. He's just hired a firm that is known for deal cutting, uh, according to Dershowitz. Uh, again, who is on Trump's side. Um, And apparently the fees, his legal bills, are bankrupting him. And he is apparently a little angry that Trump is not, you know, helping him out on the the legal bills uh, at all. And um, And it's interesting that's coming from Dershowitz because there's a lot of people who are trying to put a rift Yes. Here, there's been a lot of reports yes. from unnamed sources that are saying, "Hey, yes, you know, you know who got treated really badly by uh, Mike, Donald Trump is Michael Cohen. He's yes. always really mean to trying him. to stir, trying like to stir that up. type of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't believe in, and I, I'm not going to spend a lot of that's all the time we're going to spend on it. But I thought it was interesting because it's coming from Dershowitz, yeah. who is actually trying to help the uh, president. Uh, also, just an update from the Washington Post: uh, Russian trolls are exploiting what a surprise the rift that is happening here internally in our country on the border. Um, they are, they are sending out, uh, all kinds of, uh, stories that are, you know, pro keep them in cages and, uh, against, you know, uh, detainment and they are playing to the fringes and they are milking it for everything it's worth. We are being manipulated again by the Russians, be really careful. And I will tell you that we're being manipulated on several fronts. And this is really kind of what a portion of uh, my book that's coming out uh, this September, Addicted Outrage, is about, is how you're being manipulated, how outrage is being used to get you to buy things, uh, support things, um, lock you into a group, get you to uh, just march in lockstep and everybody involved knows they're doing it. And right now we're being used by the Russians. We're being used by the media, social and, uh, and regular mainstream media being used for the ratings. Why else would you put people that you know are going to vehemently disagree with each other and have the most disparate uh, points of view on this? Why are you putting them together so they could fight? Why are you doing that? Instead, why don't we talk about the real issue and say, okay, so what is it? 80% of us want this law to stop. 80%. 
14% say, no, I want this law to stand. What, what is it that we do agree on? We agree on we don't want to have parents broken up with their kids. Okay? We don't want the families broken up. We all agree on that, or the vast majority of us agree on that. Okay, so now how do we get there? See, I mean, MSNBC today um, is claiming that Donald Trump has just made this worse. How? How has he made this worse? Well, in my opinion, you could argue that it is it is worse if we don't appoint judges, because now what we've just done is codified the catch and release. Now, after how many days is it, Stu? 25 days? I think it's 20 days. 20 days. Mm-hmm. After 20 days, if... If they haven't had a trial or haven't seen a judge, they have to be released. Well, so now we've just codified it. Okay, well, we didn't want to do that. We need judges. Now, if you, if you, ju- if you do believe that we should know who's here, and we shouldn't just have you know Wild West borders, which the vast majority of people do believe that, they want to know who's here. If you do believe that, then all we have to do is appoint probably about 500 judges just for this massive influx. And this is all they do is they hear court cases every day so we can adjudicate them within 14 days. Send people home that should be home. Keep people here that should be here. It's easy to fix. Nobody really wants to fix it. Nobody wants to fix it because the Democrats can raise money. The Republicans can raise money. Uh, websites can get hits on, on the outrage and the hatred back and forth. And CNN and MSNBC and Fox and everybody else gets ratings. That's the truth. We're being manipulated. If you want to play that game, just know it going in. It doesn't lead to anything good. If you actually care about the kids, let's have a different conversation. And that is, how do we actually solve this? And the only way to solve it is to go through Congress and actually look at what we want as a people and have a reasonable dialogue and come together and enforce the laws. Because, again, when you say Trump could just change this with a stroke of a pen, with a call to to Sessions, that's true. What could he do? He could go back to the Obama policy, right? Which and that's I don't what they know wanted. if anyone has noticed, but Trump doesn't want the Obama policy. In Correct. fact, you know who else doesn't want it? The American people. They voted for the other guy, right? Mm-hmm. They voted. They could have had another four years of Obama mm-hmm. with Hillary Clinton, and they went the other direction. So the issue here is not. It's not. These things don't exist in a vacuum. There are alternatives. The alternative of what we have done for a very long time, not just through Obama, but before as well, is to t- to take these guy the people that come in. And keep them together, but just release them within our borders with no restrictions. Just the restriction to say, hey, come back in a few months when you have a hearing. And they and don't come about back. about 40% of them don't show. So you're giving a giant pass to illegal immigrants, and you're increasing those numbers dramatically. What this new executive order does is you will have 20 days to figure the thing out. When you don't have it figured out, we want parents to stay together. The only alternative left is to release them once again into our borders with no restrictions and only a promise to come back later, which they will not hold up. And so this is not just a, this is honestly not just a problem uh, because, oh, well, then we've got people here and, and, uh, uh, and we don't know who they are. It's also, there is 
a ton of evidence that because of the catch and release, especially with um, youth, that um, people are being used by the drug cartels. Some of them are being hired by the drug cartels. Others are being constrict- uh, conscripted, which means they're being forced to do it. And these are kids under 18. Now, this was happening under the Obama administration. It's still happening today. Um, these kids are coming in and what's happening is the drug cartels know that they can't be held. An adult would be, but they can't be. So they get these kids to take kids for the drug cartels across the border. Now, some of these kids are being paid. Uh, their trip is being paid for by their parents. Others have been taken and they're being used now in the drug trade or they are uh, they're human trafficking. They're slaves and they're being taken by these 16, 17 year olds across the border. Obama was holding some of these kids and holding them for, I think, up to 200 days. The the majority of them, I think, were held for like 70 some plus days, which you couldn't do. But he also knew this is a scam. They're going to just come back and they're going to sit another 20 days and it doesn't matter. We feed them. We clothe them. They go back. They make their money from the drug lords. They come back with more kids. They sit there for 20 days and it, then the game continues. These are the complex issues that shouting never gets us to uh, to even hear, let alone solve. Um, Starbucks. I just want to get this off my desk. Starbucks sinks after announcing a weaker than expected sales forecast and plans to close 100 stores next year, up to 150 unperforming stores in 2019. That's up from an average pace of 50 closures every year. Comments, Stu? Well, you know, many things have happened. Obviously, kind of the headline for talk radio was their bizarre handling of the people who want to come in and go to the bathroom or and hang out in the in the store without buying anything and now that they've instituted that international policy is a bizarre choice but they also lost their ceo who seems to want to play fantasy president um so that could be coming up soon and you know these are you know the, the, it's always bigger than this there's always more than one reason it's interesting to see if this has a long-term effect because now starbucks starbucks was always seen as kind of a left-wing yeah place right yeah. but it's interesting to see if when these things become culture battles you almost feel disloyal to your side to go inside of them that's the way a lot of people feel now i don't feel mm. that way I, I i'm not you know as you know we've talked about boycotts and things like that you know we generally don't get on those bandwagons here's, but here's I think the, way, I think the more tribal it gets the more that's real yeah and i think it becomes this um you remember when west wing was on and martin sheen was the president yeah i loved west wing i loved it now it it, it, it didn't agree with me very often for sure no okay and neither did uh, uh martin sheen obviously but i loved the show I used to love to watch it. I never boycotted it when Martin Sheen really started to go anti-George Bush. Never boycotted it. I actually tried to watch it. It just made it really hard for me to enjoy it because I saw Martin Sheen as Martin Sheen and not the president. You know what I mean? And that was his choice and his right to do it. But I wasn't boycotting. I just eventually just gave up on it because it, it wrecked the show for me. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen to places like Starbucks or anybody that takes, you know, either side. You're going to go tribal and maybe 
maybe that will work for you. But if you want to be um, a universal, if you don't want to cut your audience in half, if you don't want to cut your uh, your customers and customer base in half, then you need to just shut your mouth. You make coffee, make coffee, treat your employees right, treat your customers right, and then let those customers see that and go, you know, I really like these people. I wonder what makes them different. Huh? Oh, they run their, their business like this because they're all socialists, whatever. <laughs> okay. But if you are jamming it down people's throats, you are going to cut your customer base in half. And I don't think if I'm a shareholder, I don't think that's the best thing to do. <clears throat> so cybercrime. Cybercrime now has gone into DNA testing. This is really, truly frightening uh, what's happening because uh, my son is adopted and I want to do, you know, ancestry, uh, you know, uh, genetic testing on him. I, I'd like to do the history stuff on me even. My heritage is one of those DNA testing sites. Well, my heritage has just announced a data breach exposed um, email addresses and encrypted passwords for more than 92 million people. Now, that breach involved users who signed up for the service through October 26, 2017, last year. That was the date of the breach. So now your personal information from a data breach. Criminals can open the accounts. They can file tax returns. They can buy property. Uh, that's not good. That's not good. There's lots of threats in today's connected world, and it takes one weak link for criminals to get in. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect against threats to your identity and the devices that you have that you can't easily see or fix on your own. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but the new LifeLock with Norton Security can, undercover, uh, can uncover the threats that you're going to miss on your own. So go to lifelock.com or you can call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code BACK for an extra 10% off your first year. Remember, it's promo code BACK at 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com, promo code BACK. Glenn Beck. So we're all quite excited. Mm. Uh, Stu is filling in for Pat today, who is very, 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 very ill i believe or on a cruise yeah uh, but i'm gonna go for the ill thing because he could call in today and his last words might happen today on the show it's like a vacation but to a hospital right that's what we're thinking I, of it as if you think of an alaska cruise in the summer it's a hospital right. that's exactly where he is who knows could he hit iceberg we don't know we don't know that's happened, happened before, before. Mm-hmm. yep exactly right look at um, your history know okay. it know your history <laughs> all right so pat uh, so Stu's filling in for pat here on the blaze radio network here in a second i'm going to uh, facebook uh, Facebook Live. Uh, go to facebook.com slash the blaze. We're going to take you behind the scenes for Hands on History, another episode on YouTube today. This one's about dreaming big. Uh, and we have some, you know, some really cool things in Hands on History. This episode, it uh, covers the uh, moon launch, it covers uh, Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty, and a couple of other things, Tesla included. And we're going to give you some, a little bit of extra, extra footage here. Uh, and if you share it on Facebook, if you share Hands on History today on Facebook, you're going to get qualified. Every time you share it, you'll be qualified to win an autographed copy of uh, one of my books. So Hands on History, we'll see you on Facebook.com slash The Blaze. We go there right now. Glenn Beck. 
Mercury. 